Welcome to Sharing the Middle, where recovering perfectionist overachievers and anyone in the middle of a struggle come together to learn to embrace the messy middles of life. I'm Lacey, your friend in the middle and guide, whose claim to fame this week is actually breaking out the bread maker that we got for Christmas, I think two years ago, and baking a loaf of bread. Today I'm joined by Christina Vanacore. She is the product doula, a certified product lunch and operations specialist, and the over of Agape Professional. After going through five years of infertility to have her miracle baby, she felt a pull on her heart that it was time to leave corporate America and start doing business her way. Guided by her strong faith and core values, she helps overwhelm female entrepreneurs take their product-based businesses from chaos to clarity through lunch mapping, project management, strategic planning, and organization. I really love my conversation with Christina. It's also very timely because this week is Infertility Awareness Week, as well as Christina announcing that she's going to be launching her own podcast, The Product Doula. We really dive into her infertility journey, and it's so lovely to hear her vulnerability, but also her humor throughout it. I really enjoyed myself, and you hear me giggle throughout, so let's jump right in. Hi, Christina. Welcome to Sharing the Middle. I'm excited to be talking to you today. Me too. My first question, as usual, is pretty simple. What did you think of first when you heard of the concept of the middle? There's like a lot when I think of the middle. I had shared, I think I shared with you actually on Instagram that my quote in my yearbook is from my favorite movie, Hope Floats. And it's beginnings are often scary. Endings are sometimes sad, but it's the middle that counts. And so remember that when you come to the beginning, I don't necessarily believe anymore that endings are sometimes sad after being through so many different middles in life, I guess you could say. But I do think it's the middle that counts. And when you're in it, it's so hard to see that it's the part that counts, but all of a sudden when you get past it you look back and you're like wow either there was a lesson learned or such like a life change that happened because of it and so like when I think of the middle that's that's where my brain goes I love that and it's so funny because I had not heard that hope floats quote and then literally the next day I was taping with my mom and sisters and one of my sisters mentioned the hope floats quote and I was like oh I just heard this yesterday that's so cool (laughs) full circle I love it a full circle it worked out really great I love what you said about you used to be sad about endings and now you can see the benefit of the endings. And I think that, well, let me ask this first. Do you feel like you like the middle? Not always. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, you know, there's certain middles that are fantastic, right? Like Mm -hmm. I look back to like the middle of my grammar school years. They were fantastic. But in the middle of them, like, I didn't always think that. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be in school. And then when it got to the end, it was sad. But then I look at the middle of my pregnancy, for instance. And as hard as my pregnancy was, it was my favorite time of life ever. Like, I loved every moment of being pregnant. And when the end came, like, as excited as I was to meet my son, I was also kind of sad because I really, really loved being pregnant despite despite how difficult my pregnancy was. So I I think the middle sometimes is great and sometimes is really not. (laughs) Kudos to you for thinking that you love pregnancy, even though it was hard, because I had a hard pregnancies and I hated them. I do not look back on them fondly. So I have a feeling you'll have a much better relationship with the middle than me just from hearing you say that. (laughs) I 
I always like to get an idea because you mentioned not liking endings so much and accepting them. It sounds similar to me and how I don't like the middle and trying to learn how to accept them and evolve my relationship with them. Just nosy and curious as usual. No worries. We do like to ground our conversation in a middle moment of your life, a story that we'll talk through and suss out as we go through. So what is your middle moment you'd like to share? My middle moment is definitely going to be my fertility treatments. My tough pregnancy ended after tough years of infertility. Um, You know, we're taught in high school that you get married and you you do something fun and you have a baby. Well, that's not how it worked for me and my husband. We we started trying after a few years of marriage and it wasn't happening. And I like wasn't accepting that like there was something wrong. I was like, no, 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 like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But it was like getting to a point where it was like frustrating. Like anyone I feel like who has gone through fertility treatments or even just trying naturally, like every month you're hoping like this is gonna be the month and then it's not. Again, it's like that middle that middle place that you're in of like, when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then we went to the doctor and found out that I had PCOS and endometriosis and that it wasn't going to happen for me naturally. And so I was like, okay, like, what do we do? I was gung-ho. I'm like, all right, this is scary as all heck. There's that beginning that's scary. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. I went through three different retrievals. I went through six different transfers, a miscarriage, all of these different moments. You get that peak of, oh my gosh, yes, this is gonna be the time, like everything. And you're injecting yourself with so many hormones. And so that tricks your body into thinking like, oh yeah, I'm a little nauseous, this must be the month. And then you get that negative test again. I ended up having to need surgery in the middle of my fertility treatment. So I went through, you know, three rounds. And then I felt like deep down inside, I was like, this, something's not right. Like something's still not right. Um, And I'm glad that I did because when we went in for surgery, it turned out that my uterus was like a hostile environment and it was never going to accept a pregnancy no matter how we looked at it. And so we did surgery and I, I had to remove one of my tubes and all of the things. And then you have to wait six months after surgery before you can try again. So now they're like giving you hope again. Well, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to stop you know, doing anything <laughs> with your husband. So maybe you do have one tube. And I was like, okay, here we go again. Like, let's, maybe I won't have to inject myself with yet another needle. <sighs> and it didn't. And so then we went back into IVF again. We got to, it was our last two embryos that were frozen. And I turned to my husband. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Everything in my body hurts. My soul hurts on the inside. I like, bet this is it's too much and we went into that transfer and I turned to him when we came out and I was like it worked and he's like how do you know like it's three seconds after they just put them in there and I was like I don't know but I know in my heart that this worked and he's like okay you know he's Uh heard that before and my husband's not like an overly emotional person I am like my and then you inject me hormones and I'm all over the place That is similar in my relationship where I have all of the emotions. Yes, yes. I have all the emotions and he is like... A few, a couple. Uh, Right, exactly. There's a couple. (laughs) Two weeks later, we get the call in the middle of Walmart. 
I'm trying to like keep a serious face like because I don't want my husband to know because I don't want to tell him in the middle of Walmart that yeah. five years of treatments and all of this has accumulated into us having a baby. And I couldn't, I couldn't. How do I hide myself at that point? So the tears are falling. Now he thinks I'm crying sad tears. Oh. And so he's like, honey, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, we're, we're pregnant. Like it, it worked. And this little old lady, never will I forget this. She was like 80 years old, heard me say it to him as she's walking past with a car. And she's like, congratulations. <laughs> I look back at that time because then even after we're, we're watching the numbers and making sure they're growing week after week, mm -hmm. then my progesterone wasn't getting higher. So like, we're going to keep going, going with the progesterone. Okay. Then you graduate to the regular doctor and they're still going with the progesterone. And I'm like, when do I get to stop with the progesterone? <laughs> they test me again they're like well now you have gestational diabetes so we're gonna just give you insulin injections and i was like i'm just gonna keep it needling it's fine don't worry i'll be fine and i turn to my son now he's five now and i i tell him when he's like making me like super frustrated i'm like 150 needles 150 <laughs> needles <laughs> like that middle moment sucked sucked being in it right like mm -hmm. between just the hormones and the craziness of not knowing if this was going to work and was all of the effort that I was putting into it and the stuff that I was physically putting into my body like was this really going to pay off and I was going to be able to have what I have today I didn't know yeah and now I look back on it and what it did for my marriage in terms of us growing closer together and how much we look back and we appreciate what we have in the fact that we've been like blessed with our son the middle changed me in a way that i don't know that i would have ever been able to change and grow the way i did because of that experience today's episode of sharing the middle is brought to you by nextdoor goddess handcrafted jewelry if you've been a listener of sharing the middle you know that i love this byron jewelry that's inspired by the mediterranean coast it helps you embrace and celebrate your beauty. Each element is sourced from a small business, handcrafted in small batches, and only made while the creator is in their best mood. Vicky is one of my favorite people in the world and she's their creative director, so you know, well I know, that you will be receiving pieces that are not only beautiful, but will make you feel amazing too. I literally just put on my Tina in the Sun Golden Sunstone hoop earrings, I needed a little pick-me-up and I wanted to add a little sunshine to my life and I feel great. Head to nextdoorgoddess.com and get 10% off your first purchase by signing up for the newsletter with free shipping on all domestic orders. Release your inner goddess today. As usual, so many things that I want to ask and talk to you about. But before I jump into that, I think that it's awesome. I think that sometimes, that's what I'm learning, that the middle is what changes you, but you don't see that until after you leave it. And so to hear you say that you see that and that you appreciate it and that those hard times did make you stronger and all those things, that's just, that's beautiful. That's really cool. Thank you. I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk. So, and I'm making it about me. So I just want to preface it. It's okay. Ask all the questions. Your journey is what I thought my journey was going to be. So I was diagnosed with PCOS before 
attempting to have children. And the doctor was like, when you turn 30 or when you want to kids, we are going to have to talk. And I was gearing myself up for your fight. So to hear you talk about it, ooh, I'm going to get teary. Uh, <laughs> and that it was successful. It's So even though I didn't have to go through that, to know that I was gearing myself up for that fight, it's... I don't know the connection there. It's just there's something so it makes me so grateful to hear your story and to know that even if mine had worked out differently, I could have had that fight and I could have had that support. It's like it's like seeing yourself in an alternate universe. Yes, alternate I, am, timeline, I understand you know? what you're saying 100%. Yeah. I feel similar when I see people now that are going through that journey and that maybe don't have the outcome that I have because that yeah. for me is like an alternate universe of like, what if this wasn't my outcome? Because it's really easy for me to look back now and mm -hmm. see how this changed me and changed me in a good way. But I don't know if I had not had the outcome that I had, would I feel the same way? And so Absolutely. I understand exactly where you're, what you're coming from with that. Yeah. As you're talking, I just, I'm feeling it in my soul because I'm like, this is, this is the battle I was preparing for. It's almost like I've seen this in my mind before. I do want to know, just because a few episodes ago, we talked to Dr. Jenna Fertile. She's the bomb. And she talked about the period of trying. And for me, that like 12 months that you have to try, it sounds to me like you tried naturally for a little bit longer. And so I'm just curious about that period before you got into the really hard stuff. Yes. I mean, it's also hard stuff. <laughs> I mean, but that initial middle of trying without knowing all the problems yet, uh, I'm just curious about how you think that was different than the rest of your journey. I like, I almost like group that into the whole journey for us because mm -hmm. like <laughs> when I first started, you know, we're going to keep this all peachy. Um, when you first started. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so weird. I'm asking about how much you've right. had sex. I mean, it's just so, I'm yeah. not, but I am. And it's just, again, you no, share no, what no, you no, want. No. So, you know, at first it's fun because it's like, yeah, yeah. we're going to have a baby and we're going to just do yeah. all the things to have one. And then you got to like month six and now it became like, all right, I feel the pain. It's time to do the thing. <laughs> Whether you want to or not, I don't care if you have a headache. I don't care if I have a headache. Just do what you got to do. Finish it up. Um, and then it like by month 12, because we did it for like two years of trying naturally. Uh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. By like month 12, like there was no more fun. Like it was now like a fight. Like we would be fighting like in the middle of it because I was just like, I don't want to be doing this. You don't want to be doing this. But this is the time. Like this is what the clock yeah. says that we need to be. And then, you know, you're, I, I'm buying all the tests, like the, the, the sticks, right, that you pee on. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And then I'm like starting to look. And this is when I started realizing something was not right. Um, so my mom has passed, but my mom always had like very heavy menstrual cycles. And she always had very bad cramps in the middle of her cycle. And so when I did, it just kind of aligned with like my mom did. And so now I did. Well, now looking yeah. back and understanding what my diagnosis is, my mom clearly had problems as had well. I'm, I'm an yeah. only child. So like this is, you know, why I'm an only child. Um, yeah. And so we, I would like pee on these like ovulation sticks and some months mm -hmm. they would light up and other months they wouldn't. And I'm like, I felt the pain, like where's, where's my stick lighting up? 
And so that's when yeah. I started questioning. But in my mind, I was like, well, I'm buying the cheap ones from Walmart. Like, maybe they're just not so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Blame it on the quality. Right. I'm like, maybe it wasn't good, <laughs> yeah. you know? And sure. so then when I went and started, you know, going into the fertility testing and found out that I had PCOS and that there's months when I don't ovulate, but the pain I'm feeling are just my cysts bursting. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. that are double over in pain kind of pain and on top of it I have the endometriosis and so my tubes were blocked anyway so they weren't they had no place to go the eggs once they got it once they dropped so no wonder it was so painful yes yeah absolutely I I said I kind of group it all together because what started to be like a fun journey for my husband and I became a job like it just became another Mm -hmm. thing for me to have to worry about like did I pee on the stick today is the timing right do we do it the morning do you do it in the afternoon is it too bright is it not bright and it just wasn't fun anymore and like that's that's not fun for anyone (laughs) anyone yeah and so you know I look at the whole journey like I say that it's like it was a five-year journey for us because it was two years of that and then three years of the fertility treatments the testing the surgeries all of that to get to where we were the whole thing just it, it started out really great and then it just sucked <laughs> <laughs> well then it ended but then great it ended great and that's and then it ended great it ended great <laughs> I ask because I'm also curious, I don't know much about IVF and that kind of stuff, except that it's very taxing and it's very expensive. I'm curious about your feelings during that initial period versus, let me go back. (laughs) You did a couple of rounds of IVF before your surgery and then a couple of rounds after, am I right? Yep. Wolf. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Were you, were you just laid up for like three years? I can't even imagine. No, so the hormones are no joke. And yeah. I am very, very thankful that I was, I was still working in corporate at that time. You know, I own my own business now, but I was still working in corporate and I was a best friends with my boss. Like he and I were just really good friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to the same church together and he knew my husband. His wife ended up being my babysitter for a little while after I had my son. Like we're just really great friends. They were the first people that we told when we had to go through IVF because I needed him to know that like I didn't know what this was going to look like for my work schedule anymore. Like I didn't know what this was going to look like for me mentally anymore. And Absolutely. so I had to bring him into the loop. His first response was, is this going to be like Pulp Fiction and can I jab you in the heart with the needle? Like that's my boss <laughs> is a first response. And my husband's like looking at me. He's like, do we get to jab you in the heart with a needle? He's like, no jabbing in the heart with a needle. <laughs> people. I would go to work swollen sometimes and I was hiding it from everyone because I didn't want anyone to know like no one in my family knew we were going through this no one at work knew I was going through this other than the woman in HR and my boss and then I would have the egg retrievals and so when the egg retrievals like that's a surgery like you're going under anesthesia they're popping your ovaries and pulling out your eggs I would then have to take like two days off and thankfully I I had a lot of eggs (laughs) like a chicken and so (laughs) and so I didn't have to have a lot of retrievals and so that's like the most time that you're really laid up is when you're healing from Mm -hmm. them I did have like an overreactive stimulation to my first amount of drugs that I did and so they got 23 eggs out of me the first retrieval and then I blew up and I was in so much pain and literally when I would walk I could feel my ovaries rubbing against each other inside of my body and so that was like the worst time like I was laid up for like five days and that was not intentional and I like felt terrible but I had a miswork because like I couldn't move I'm like 
this is weird. I can feel my organs touching each other. Like I don't like it. Something's <laughs> not right. And then when I would do the transfers, you basically want to lay flat on, like, it depends. I always laid flat on my back for 24 hours after a transfer, uh-huh. with the exception of my second transfer where my dog's eye popped out of his head after the transfer. <laughs> like, th- I'm telling you, this I journey just, I, was something. I know. I laugh because, one, that's how I deal with things. But I also, sometimes when people talk and they're telling their story, I'm like, this is a sitcom. Yes. Yeah, of course. You're you're laid up. And then the eye pops out. Like, what? You, I yes. can't even fathom. I, I, we came home. Like, this is so, so sidebar story. But we come home from the I'll second transfer. I had had the miscarriage after my first transfer. So we come home from uh-huh. the second transfer, lay in there, trying to be as still as possible. <laughs> because, I don't know, in my head, the stiller I was, it was easier for them to find where they were going. I don't know. <laughs> My husband goes, what happened to the dog? And I look down and our little Yorkie's eyes popped out of his head. Oh my gosh. And I was like, well, now I can't lay down. Like we have to take him to the hospital, obviously. And so I did not lay down for that 24 hours because a dog's (laughs) eye popped out of his head. And I couldn't send my husband by himself because like who was going to hold the dog with the eyeball? (laughs) (laughs) And so I would like miss like 24 hours of like really just like laying down after my transfers. Like looking back, I feel like I was just like in like a fog during those like Mm -hmm. months. I don't know if it was hormone induced fog, stress induced fog, what it was. It was just like a fog of worry and excitement and wonder and hope and disappointment and all of like the emotions that go along with trying to conceive and then having synthetic hormone jacked into you every day and then just being sore like you're sore because you're growing extra eggs you're trying to like make your uterus happy you're putting things inside you that you don't necessarily want to be doing (laughs) It's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and you have to do it pretending like you're not. And that's, that's the part that I keep going back to. Uh, th- you three people knew. Yeah. And we did. And we pretended like we weren't. And so we would pretend that nothing was happening. And then when we started, like after I had my surgery, we even like, so when I had my surgery, we lied to my family about why I was going in for surgery because we didn't want to tell them because I felt like as soon as they knew I was going in for something like female related, they were going to start asking more questions. And so I told them I was going into surgery for my colon because I've always had like stomach issues. And it made sense, it was a laparoscopy, like they didn't know what they were touching when they went in there. And we started our like next round six months later. And at that point we started telling our friends because I was canceling plans or I would have to like randomly run outside to like inject myself with a needle. And so we started telling our friends, our family lives two hours away from us, so we don't see them often. So it was a little easier to keep it hidden from them. But our friends, like we were seeing them. But then it came with the questions of like, well, when are you having a transfer? Are are you, you know, winking at me? And I'm like, what, what, why are you winking? Like, do you have something in your eye? Like, I'm not telling you anything. Please stop asking me these questions. Because I also wanted to have my like big reveal moment of saying the guy was pregnant. Like five years of trying, I wanted to have my moment of being like, hello, we're pregnant. And we didn't even get that moment (laughs) because the old lady at Walmart (laughs) 
when we announced to our family it was Christmas Day and we walk into my house and my cousin was also pregnant at the same time. And so they announced to our family like with like a big shebang. And what am I supposed to do? They were due three days after us. So I just was like, us too? And that was my announcement to my family. So like, again, it's sitcom style life that I was leading, but it's okay. It was, it's all good. It's all good. I look back on it with, I wouldn't say fondness, but I'm happy for the changes that I went through because of it. Kudos to you. And I'm so happy that you ended up with your son and that the journey really was worth it for you. Thank you. So I do like to bookend our conversations with pieces of advice, whether that's yourself looking back on what you went through or just a piece of advice that you have really lived or used in your life. What would you like to share? So I'm going to give two. So one would be for people who, women who are going through and men that are going through fertility treatments and infertility is not to say to enjoy the journey, but have grace with yourself and with your partner because this is not a journey that you're on alone you have your partner and even if you are alone I, you know i have i have a friend who did this alone um she wow. wanted she was ready to be a single mom and it's it's not a journey for the the faint of heart that's for sure but no matter the outcome like you are a warrior like you are amazing for what you're doing and at the end of the day it's going to change you no matter how you look at it. And so be open to the change. At some point, be able to step back and look at that time that you were like in the middle and, mm-hmm. and recognize that change. Just in general, I would say, I, I still stand by what Hope Floats has to say, that beginnings are scary, yeah. but it's the middle that counts. And endings don't have to be sad, but when you come to the ending, take that moment to look back because you know, there, there was, there was something in that journey. There's a reason why you went through that middle and recognize it and own it, you know, own, own what that is. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you? We didn't even talk about your business at all. So if you want to explain that real quick. Yeah. um, So my business actually started because of my journey through fertility treatments. Um, Because after having my son, he was seven weeks old. I was getting ready to go back to work. Woke up in the middle of the night crying. Looked at my husband. was like, I'm not going back to work. And he's like, how are you going to make money? I was like, I'll figure it out. And so I started my business. And so I I am the owner of Agape Professional. That's my business name. And you can find me at agapeprofessional.com or on Instagram at agapeprofessional. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed listening to your story and got a lot out of it. And I know other people will too. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fantastic. As usual, thank you for sharing The Middle with me today. Remember to check out my writings at themiddle.com. That's the M-D-D-L.com. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get a little bit more middle in your inbox each week. I am a one-woman show, so any bit of support means the world to me. I want The Middle to be as accessible as possible, so I have several ways for you to support. You can shop The Middle with some merch or my books. The Lacey Loves affiliate links and recommended products, Patreon for additional community and content, and I also just have a tip jar if you'd like to leave a tip. If you like today's show, also make sure to subscribe at your favorite podcatcher, share with a friend, and maybe even leave a five-star review. Thanks so much to Lemon Music Studio for our theme music. It is literally called Sunshine, and that is certainly how it feels to me. Can't wait to see you in the middle again. Mm
Thanks for sharing the middle with me. As always, I hope you've been able to see a little bit of yourself in the story we shared today. Don't forget to follow, share, rate, review, and follow me on social media at Lacey Shares. You can always check out the Joyful Support Movement at joyfulsupportmovement.com and see all of the amazing goodness we have there, like No Shame in the Home Game, Pops of Joy, courses, resources, and of course, the Joyful Support Village. All right. Now go out there and spread some joy.